This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Mike Gallagher, the host of the 90-minute ETSU pregame show on the Buck Sports Network, as we give you an ETSU perspective on Vanderbilt's matchup with the Buccaneers on Saturday night at Vanderbilt Stadium. We also give you our keys to victory for Clark Lee's Commodores and our predictions for the season opener. Stay tuned because we've got all that and much more coming your way here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. It's officially football season, so let's ride. You're listening to the Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 103. It is September 2nd, 2021, and we are two days away from Vanderbilt and ETSU kicking off in Nashville on ESPN+. We are, as always, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Well, I don't want to say we're there because we're not there yet. We still got two days to wait, but man, it's starting to feel feel like it's getting even closer. We got the start of it tonight, Tennessee Bowling Green, um, but man, we're, we're almost there, almost. Yeah, the start of college football, you have the week zero games on Saturday and, and building up, but but this opening that doesn't Saturday feel like the start. is two yeah. days away. And then tonight is really the start of college football. You have a you have a big slate of games tonight. You have the first SEC games. But Billy, I have a question for you outside of oh. Vanderbilt ET. How bad is Bowling Green? Bowling Green is a, really bad. To be a 35 and a half point underdog Bowling against Green, Tennessee, yeah. who is not expected to take the world by storm this no. season. No. Bowling Green is FBS. And they are a 35 and a half point under. Yeah, that's, that's more on Bowling Green just being a, an atrocious team. One of the, I heard they might be one of the worst teams in, in, all, in, in the country. So uh, that's more on Bowling Green. But hope, and, and Vandy, they're a 21 and a half point favorite. So that, that tells yeah, you. Yeah, and unfortunately in Tennessee, a lot of the sports books, I don't think any of them uh, have FBS versus FCS opponent uh, lines you can actually bet on. Right. So, so they are 21 and a half, but. Unless you have an offshore account, you can't yeah. bet on them. Which you probably you would you probably do, right? I would, I would expect uh, maybe so. We'll keep it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> but Will, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, again, ETSC, ETSU preview time. This will be a shorter segment. We are joined though later by Mike Gallagher. He does the pre and post game shows uh, for ETSU on the Buck Sports Network. But before we get to the preview, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's get into ETSU. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. 
Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The recycling dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, well, ETSU, the Buccaneers, are rolling into West End to play Vanderbilt this Saturday night, again, two days away. And, well, quite quite frankly, I don't think we know a whole lot about this team. They have a quote-unquote freshman quarterback, Tyler Rydell, uh, getting the start and uh, but he apparently he's been there for two years so COVID season uh, injury redshirt has has basically uh, prevented him from moving up a class so he's still listed as a freshman but Will I think what we're looking at here is what are we going to see in terms of organization in terms of chemistry between the players and what I'm looking for Will is is just you know a lack of penalties a lack of mental mistakes and I know you are too because in that Temple game, first game in Derek Mason's career, that's what I'm looking at. I just hope it doesn't look like that. <laughs> yeah, the everyone flashes back to memories of, of Temple 2014. And I, th- and I don't think there will ever be a game in any sport at any level of a team I'm a fan of ever again that will be as miserable <laughs> as Temple 2014, Derek Mason's first game uh, what a start. as the Commodore. It, the weather was awful. The game was awful. It, it, the the everything game management was awful. Injuries. Robinette. People forget that Robinette. That game Went basically down. was the end of his career with concussions um, before he retired. So it cannot be that bad. I, I don't even need to knock on wood because it cannot possibly be that bad for Clarkley's opening game. No shot. But uh, this game, it's an FCS opponent. This is about Vanderbilt. This this is not about ETSU. Player for player, if you go down that line. Vanderbilt is superiorly talented, and it's not even close. It's a gap the size of Alabama to Bowling Green yeah. level. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be, even though ETSU does have some individual guys on that roster that are very talented, including their running back, um, which he was an FCS preseason All-American, Quay Holmes, mm-hmm. um, coming in with a lot of experience. When we talked with Mike Gallagher, um, and we went into TTSU's roster a little more in depth. He had a lot of details about the depth that they have at running back this year, and that could present some uh, early challenges for Clark Lee's defense. But yeah, Will, I mean, listening to Mike Gallagher, he, he told us about their depth at running back. And, and you know, listening to him talk about the running back room, there's some talent back there. And, and there's some guys that have produced at a high level. And, you know, Quay Holmes, he, he leads the charge. Preseason All-American at the FCS level, that tells you all you need to know. So on the ground, it'll be interesting to see what Vanderbilt can get done versus what ETSU can get done because we know Vanderbilt has the physical edge that they have. They dominate physically and they should, they should. But in at times in the Derek Mason era, you saw when they would play Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee state and teams like that, that they wouldn't necessarily dominate the game physically. So that's what I'm looking for. Well, I'm looking for this offensive line to show signs of progress and, and give Ken seals as much protection as they can, because we talked about it off air that ETSU D line is not necessarily a slouch. You know, they're not, you know, they're not the smallest group, but they're also not monsters. So again, this is, this is going to be a great uh, measuring stick for Vanderbilt and, and especially being the first game 
where's the nervousness, you know, where, where, how are the butterflies going in and, and, and a more experienced offense is get, I guess, is what I'm looking for. How, how is Ken Seals going to progress in, in year two and, and throw into guys like Chris Pierce and Cam Johnson and how, what's the offense going to look like? You know, I, I'm really curious about that. Will I, I don't know if you have a gut about it, but I want to see how different that offense looks from last season, the kind of pre-snap movements they give, however many motions they give that's what I'm really looking for obviously the defense is going to be interesting to watch but I, I I'm interested to watch the offense over the defense for that matter yeah the offense is going to look I think I mean significantly different you brought in an entire entirely new right. coaching staff but Mike brought up um, the split between Mike Wright and Ken Seals because obviously coach Lee has alluded to the fact that Mike Wright will be seeing the field and will be seeing some snaps yes. at the quarterback position and in all actuality, I think a lot of this is coach speak and, and maneuvering by Clark Lee to have ETSU prepare for a larger usage of Mike Wright than necessarily mm-hmm. we're going to see. Um, maybe we will see more this game, but I don't know if Coach Lee is going to want to give up a lot of those packages against an FCS opponent, mm-hmm. um, even situationally. And I think a lot of what Clark Lee has done a good job of is giving the impression that Mike Wright is going to truly be splitting snaps at quarterback instead of the package situations that mm-hmm. I think he's actually going to be utilized in. This is Ken Seals team. Ken Seals is the quarterback. You're not going to see a rotation of Ken Seals has a couple bad drives and Mike Wright is put in right. as the starting quarterback. If we do see that, then that'll be the first criticism that I have of Clark Lee Same. going into week one. And I will come on here and rip uh, him on the podcast <laughs> in the post game, regardless of outcome of game, because I despise a two quarterback system, no matter how talented the guys are. Now that is different than what I do want to see, which is Mike Wright utilized and using his athleticism in certain sets, kind of like a wildcat, right. but you have a legitimized option to right. throw the football as opposed to putting a running back back right. there. And Will, what, what I wouldn't mind is you get into the red zone, you're inside the 10, you're inside the five, and you mm-hmm. give Mike a shot. You don't give him the whole, you know, three, four downs on that last on the last part of that drive, but you give him a shot. Give him a shot at a read option run, maybe a rollout, or you know, but nothing that's gonna allow, you know, put pressure on him and and not a drop back pass where he can, you know, has potential of getting sacked. And and Mike Gallagher touched on it, uh, like you talked about. He was talking about how he he expects to see Mike more than I think we we want to mm-hmm. see and expect to see. Uh, but will I think it could come down to Ken playing most of the game and maybe the last five, 10, maybe longer minutes of the game if Vanderbilt's up. I think Mike's gonna go in and, and just, you know, give him some reps and and see what the guy can do. Cause that's a lot of it. You know, I mean, we saw Mike in limited in in limited um, appearances last season, but we didn't see a whole lot uh, of action from him. But so that that's the offense. That, that's the offense. I think initially, how how is how is Clark Lee going to split it? And and this is Ken's this is Ken's team. It's Ken's team, and and that's the bottom line. But will defensively, let's go there for a little bit. How how is Jesse Minner going to work with these guys? And I, I've heard from a lot of different people. Um, close to the program that the corners on the edge is something to watch and how much pressure they give and the cushion, because we talked about that a lot with coach Mason. That was one of our complaints the whole year about how much cushion they give. I'm looking for the secondary to be aggressive and, and show different, different kinds of blitz packages. And, and because that's something with coach Mason, he didn't necessarily, Hey, send a linebacker on, on a solo blitz. And, and so Jesse Minner, what does he look like that? That that's also, 
key number two. I, I'm more excited about the offense to see what they look like, but defensively, Will, how aggressive are they going to be? That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, this is going to test in our season preview that we released with also the interview with Chris Williams. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh -huh. go back uh, and definitely give that a listen. Yep. Um, little plug, plug there, shameless plug there, Billy. <laughs> um, but this is going to be a test for that defensive line that we talked about that was the strength and core of this team. Um, ETSU and Rydell at quarterback there. Rydell is not an all FCS quarterback by no. any stretch of the imagination. He's younger, inexperienced, serviceable, best case for ETSU this season mm -hmm. is what he's going to be as a serviceable quarterback. Um, their strength is in running the football and that stable of backs they have back there led by Quay Holmes. And so the the four two five with that anchor and star positions, they're going to be tested. And thankfully, in my opinion, um, ETSU is not one of these spread it out, throw it all over the field, five wide Thank offenses goodness. that you see sometimes in the FCS because Vanderbilt's defensive backs are not built for that. That is the weakness of this team. And mm -hmm. theoretically, the strength of this team is that defensive line. So you're going to see a lot of running the football and Ethan Barr um, is going to have to step up at that inside linebacker position. So he's going to have to fill those gaps and come up and contain that edge against what is a really talented backfield from ETSU. Even if they are FCS, don't look at it that way. This is a mm -hmm. very talented running back group. Will the offensive line be able to create holes for those guys to get into that second and third level of Vanderbilt's defense and force them to make plays? That's what we'll, we'll be watching and see if Davion Davis is able to lead that group um, on Saturday. Yeah. And, and I talked about the aggressiveness, Will, but also the confidence. How much how much confidence does this Vandy team show and how much swagger are they playing with? Because you saw some swagger on some of Coach Mason's team, but I think a lot of it was was hidden by their aggressiveness. They, they would they would play with with a lot of emotion, but I don't think I, there was kind of a lack of focus sometimes. So I want to see that swagger, but with a controlled focus on the game. And, and But, Will, on the other side, ETSU's confident. They're coming in here trying to win. Coach Randy Sanders – bringing his team over from Johnson City, he said, we're going in there to win. And, and Coming off a four and two spring season. Yeah. So coming off a, coming off a solid spring season yeah, for ETSU. I know, half a season nonetheless. But again, that's a solid year uh, for a team from the, Southern, from the Southern Conference who Mike Gallagher said they have a chance to win it this year. So this is not a slouch. Vanderbilt's a 21 and a half point favorite. And Will, a, a quick key for you, or a quick stat here. The Bucks' last Power Five win came all the way back in 1987 when the blue and gold toppled NC State in their first ever meeting. So uh, ETSU is not a stranger to these type of, uh, you know, opponents. They're not, um, you know, they're, not, they're no slouch. So, so for Vanderbilt, though, focus, concentration, but also a lot of aggressiveness and emotion. That's what I'm looking for, Will. And I think we got all we got to do now is predict the game. You ready to go for some predictions? I think we are ready to go, Billy. All right. Well, we have not revealed them yet. Again, your uh, your weekly article with with all the Doorport members' predictions is coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, I would guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, again, always fun to see those. But ETSU, pretty sure everyone's predicting Vandy to win. And uh, you know, if you're not, I'm not sure you. Uh, it's probably a joke. You're <laughs> probably just pull, pulling a pulling the leg of, of Vandy fans, and Mike kind of kind of joked at that. But will my prediction? I got Vanderbilt winning forty-two to fourteen. I, I looked at the twenty nineteen game, and I saw that Vanderbilt shut shut the Buccaneers out thirty-eight nothing. But this year's ETSU team is a lot better. I think they could score maybe three touchdowns. I, I think this offense could put up some points against a Vanderbilt defense that 
you know, is not necessarily proven. They struggled a lot last year. Uh, so I think the defense is the key for Vanderbilt. But, Will, 42-14, I think Cam Johnson and Chris Pierce both have two touchdowns, and Ken Seals has a day. I think he could throw close to 400 yards. And, and I, I, But, Will, he's got to have time. You know, there's a lot of what-ifs. There's a lot of I think this could happen, but this has to happen first. So I like Vanderbilt, 42-14, big day offensively for Cam and, uh, and Chris there. Yeah, to win this game, Vanderbilt is going to have to out-athleticize, I think that's a word, and out-physical ETSU. Um, so they're going to be forced to do what Clarkley wants them to do early, even if it is not against an FBS opponent. Yeah. ETSU's strengths are on the offensive line. and Well, not necessarily the offensive line, but the running game in general. Right. Um, the offensive line is a little bit undersized, and their weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball are on the defensive line, strengths in the experience mm-hmm. at the linebacker position, and some experience and talent in the secondary. So Vanderbilt is going to have to run the football. They're going to uh, ETSU's uh, freshman, all Southern Conference freshman defensive lineman that's returning that has a lot of hype coming into the year. He's 260. Vanderbilt averages about 320 on the left and the right sides of the offensive line. They should bullet. They should bully this East Tennessee State defensive line and run the ball down their throats. That being said, ETSU's defense is pretty solid, and they're much improved from that 2019 team that Vanderbilt beat 38 to nothing in those terrible conditions. So mm-hmm. I, I think Vanderbilt is going to struggle a little bit early, but I think that they will eventually start rolling over that ETSU defense. Um, I think they'll score the same they did in 2019-38, but ETSU is going to put up 14 against them with that okay. running game, break off a couple of explosive plays. So I got Vanderbilt scoring four more points than uh, than Will. We'll have to see uh, <laughs> if that comes to fruition. But, Will, can I just say how excited I am to beyond the, 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 the play you see on the field, how excited I am to see that pack of hungry dogs and gold helmets run out of the field at Dudley. I mean – just seeing the gold helmets, I think is gonna is gonna put some chills down my spine. Run down there Saturday night. I don't I don't know about you, but I think that's what I'm most excited to see. Just the uniforms and how and they look on the field. It's been a long time since I've gone into Vanderbilt Stadium. It's it's been all of 2020. I can't remember the last time it's been that long since I've been to a Vanderbilt football game in person. Man, yeah. I'm, and, and I'm, I, I'm chomping at the bit, Billy. You're 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 gonna set up shop early, like seven a.m. Saturday. Oh, not too. that early. I think we've pushed <laughs> that back a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't think that alarm clock needs to be quite <laughs> that early Saturday morning. So maybe we'll push it back to about ten a.m. for uh, for yeah, Will so, and the boys. somewhere around there. Yep. <laughs> well, well, nonetheless, Vanderbilt ETSU Saturday night, eight o'clock Eastern time, seven central for the folks in Nashville. You can watch it on ESPN plus also uh, the call there on 93.3 FM on the Vanderbilt radio network will coming up. We got Mike Gallagher. He does the radio pregame show there uh, for ETSU an hour and a half long. This was really good. We, he gave us all the information we needed on ETSU. I mean, he, he gave some info on Vandy, but. Uh, for Vanderbilt fans wondering, wondering what they might see from ETSU, uh, they definitely need to listen uh, here in this next segment. Yeah, any notes we made uh, before this podcast about previewing ETSU, we just immediately deleted off our shared document <laughs> because uh, Mike definitely went, he went into detail way better on ETSU's roster and on their style of play and what to expect than we ever could. So um, if you're wanting to get an actual preview and probably the best preview you're mm-hmm. going to get as far as this matchup is concerned from Vanderbilt's opponent's side, um, definitely give segment two a listen with Mike over there. No doubt about it. Two days away, Vanderbilt ETSU. We got Mike Gallagher coming up to close out 
this episode 103. Stay tuned. We got more coming up here on The Door Report. Before we get to our interview with Mike Gallagher from the Buck Sports Network over at ETSU, it's time now to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report. Alongside Will Byram, I'm Billy Derrick, and we now welcome you into the interview portion of today's episode. And we like to welcome in Mike Gallagher. He is the ESPN Plus play-by-play broadcaster for ETSU. He also does the hour-and-a-half-long uh, pregame show on the Buck Sports Network. So uh, he, this is a busy time of year for him. I'm sure he's busy all throughout the year doing uh, everything he does for ETSU. But, Mike, thanks for taking the time here on uh, the game week for ATSU Vandy. Yes, as you can see, I'm in the hull of a ship sailing across the Atlantic. <laughs> so I hope you can hear me. I hope the internet's all right. Yeah, once this video comes out, there's going to be some people wondering where you are. Uh, but Mike, I want to start with kind of the morale of the team and, and kind of the feel around campus right now for ATSU, uh, because in a sense, you know, you should you should like to believe that they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after what happened uh, last time they played at Vanderbilt. So for ETSU coming to Nashville, what's what's the feeling on campus as they open the season on West End? I think sheer excitement. It's not only because you get to open with an SEC team and the Bucks are coming off a four and two season in the spring and had a 2018 championship and have had a lot of positivity over the last four years, but because they return pretty much everybody to the team and we can have hundred percent capacity in our outdoor stadium on campus. You know, we were 30% last year and I'm not saying that ruined the atmosphere. Everybody always shows out here. They're loud, but it's a lot different when you can pack a place, you know, even if it's, 8,000 versus in some of the SEC stadiums, obviously you get, you know, 80, 90, 100. Um, here at ETSU, it's always 100% full when COVID allows. And so I think it's just excitement. Top 24 tacklers back. I mean, that's unheard of. You know, I've never seen wow. anything like this in terms of the amount of people coming back into a program. Everybody that threw the ball, ran the ball, or caught the ball last year are back. So I think in a strange way, and a couple of months ago, I wouldn't have said this because that quick turnaround, everyone was worried about health and would people be able to recover in time, get the off time that they need in terms of players being able to recover and be at hundred percent going from a spring season to a fall season. I actually think for a team like this, it's worked to their benefit because those game reps are still fresh in their mind, that camaraderie and togetherness on the field that they had in the spring, you just step right back into that a few months later. This is a very optimistic group. It's a very energetic group. And on campus, people are excited to have them back because there's truly some belief that this can be a Southern Conference championship team. Yeah, you mentioned the excitement around campus and, and obviously the confidence. Coach Sanders said they're they're coming to Nashville to win. Uh, and, and especially a, a team like Vanderbilt that has struggled. They're kind of uh, licking their chops, I'm sure. But for the crowd, the fans, um, obviously this isn't your typical SEC atmosphere with going into Tuscaloosa or Athens or Knoxville. But um, how do you think the ETSU contention will travel uh, to Nashville? It's a very dedicated and loyal fan base, and there's a lot of fans in Nashville. Um, I'm interested to see week one uh, with the college football season at the FBS level, at the SEC, those types of levels, and the amount of games that will be going on, uh, how 
you will see a contingent show up. And if it will be um, as involved as a home game or a closer away game, you know, four and a half hours isn't much. I, I think there'll at least be your contingent of a few hundred, if not more. I, I think there's a chance that you exceed that. Um, but I really do think that, you know, if the fans look into this game and look at where Vanderbilt has been, the fact that they're under a new regime and the fact that ETSU returns a lot, there's reason for optimism on ETSU side. So, Yes, um, it is a four and a half hour drive. You know, it's not like it's just down the road in Knoxville or it's one of the closer conference games that ETSU will have played. But uh, certainly there's a chance that in a stadium that I can't imagine would be uh, full, at least judging by the last time that these two teams played, um, there could be a sizable contingent there that'll make some noise. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, nothing like the the 2019 crowd. That was uh, that was definitely a tough year for Vanderbilt and uh, you know ETSU as well. But both teams, I think they believe that they are better than they were than they showed that game. Um, but on the topic of your offense over there at ETSU, what can you tell us about uh, quarterback is Tyler R- Rydell and and is he a freshman? Is that true? Uh, Tyler Idell has been here for a couple of years now, but because of all of the different strange things that have gone on um, with COVID and red shirts now, you can play the four games, of course, and still hold on to your red shirt. Um, I suppose, yeah, technically he'd still be a freshman, even though it's his third year <laughs> on campus and he's got a lot of game reps. You know, I think he was playing really good football in the first few games of the spring 2021 season. Uh, hit Julian Lane Price, who's uh, a receiver that should factor prominently um, this Saturday and throughout the season on a 59-yard touchdown against Stanford with four minutes left for the game-winning score against Furman. ETS, he wasn't able to pick up the victory, but went over 200 yards there. This offense is going to be predicated on running the ball. There's absolutely no question about that. And as mentioned by Randy Sanders on our coach's show last night, a quarterback's best friend is a strong offensive line and a great running game. And ETSU has Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors. Sailors is right now the leader in the history of the program for yards per carry at 6.3. And he's a backup to Quay Holmes, who holds the single game rushing record with 255 yards a couple of years ago in the uh, season, I should say, conference finale uh, against Mercer. So these are two prolific running backs. And it's not just for this moment in the program, for the history of the program. And that can only help Tyler Idell. This passing game has not gotten on track in the six years since football has been back, came back in 2015, and now we're here in 2021. There hasn't been a 500-yard receiver. Now, there is a championship under the Buccaneers' belts in 2018, Southern Conference title in Randy Sanders' first year, but it was timely plays, turnovers by the defense, and that running game, um, and a quarterback that had just so much heart, and a story that kind of rounded out in storybook-like fashion with players that started the program, 11 of them making it all the way through to the redshirt senior seasons and just banding together and putting together what many think, you know, could be a movie if this was a, you know, FBS <laughs> uh, level school and got more attention. But um, it was an incredible season and Holmes is back from that team. Sailors uh, is someone that, you know, has been fantastic since joining the Bucks too. So Rydell will not be the focal point, of course, gets a lot of talk being the quarterback and all. He will have to be though, very good, certainly mistake-free for ETSU to have a chance in this game and for them to have a chance at the title of the season. 
Yeah, thanks for taking the time here with us, Mike. But you, I'm going to go back a little bit there. You kind of led me perfectly into what I, what I think me and Billy wanted to ask about next here, which was about um, FCS preseason All-American running back Quay Holmes. Um, it, it, pretty much everything you read about ETSU, if it's not discussing the quarterback play, it's discussing Quay Holmes and how he will be the focal point of that offense this upcoming season. Just tell us a little bit about his style of running um, and how much you think ETSU will um, place the workload on him this upcoming Saturday against Vanderbilt. There's just so much depth at the running back position, and it's easy to look at, yes, All-American Quay Holmes, headliner, right, has a chance this year to break the program record for rushing yards. Uh, I'm not sure he has that top-end speed that you look for in a tailback, but he does everything else so, so well. He's not going to break away from anybody in the open field, but – he is strong. He can go between the tackles. He's got great vision. Uh, there's nothing that you can point at and say, this is a weakness. He is just strong and solid all around. And he's going to go down as one of the greatest to ever do it here. But knowing that he has some tread in the tires at this point, right? He is getting towards the end of his career. He, like many at the FCS level that have produced at the level that he has, has fashions on going and playing pro ball, right? And when you have the luxury of a Jacob Sailors as the number two, I don't think you're going to see 25, 30, 35 carries. It's possible, depending on how tight this game is, how competitive it is. And if the Bucs feel like they can take this one late, you may see it in his hands more. But generally, on a usual game, uh, on a Southern Conference Saturday, when the Bucs are playing a conference opponent, it's a healthy dose of both. It's Sailors and it's Holmes. And either can really be that workhorse back, but why have one be that? when you can have both play a role and have each guy be more fresh going through the season. So yes, you're going to read a lot about Quay Holmes. You're going to see a lot of Quay Holmes, but it won't be in that typical every carry fashion. I don't believe it has not been that at ETSU for um, his couple of years of being here. There's depth all the way down to the number three and four running back on this team. So expect to see him a lot, but expect a lot of sailors. And I'd expect, um, you know, while you mix those two in to the level that ETSU will, if that does open up the pass game, expect to see a lot of Malik Murray, a lot of Isaiah Wilson, a lot of Will Huzzy in the passing game. Yeah, I was about to say, we've kind of discussed the top line guys, quarterback, running back, and the depth that ETSU has at running back. But what is one guy on the offensive side of the ball and one guy on the defensive side of the ball for ETSU that Commodore fans, who I don't want to speak for all Commodore fans out there, but may not be extremely familiar with the ETSU Buccaneer football roster um, that are X factors this upcoming Saturday and guys to keep an eye on? Well, I think you're supposed to be the voice of the fans. Well, it's okay. You can speak for him. Uh, <laughs> on the offensive side of the ball, at tight end, Nate Adkins is someone that was injured during the spring. And so you look on paper and say, I think his numbers were 10 catches, 104 yards. Not going to jump off the page, right? But this is someone that has all-conference and all-American potential, has shown over his career that he can be a real threat in the passing game. If we're honest, if he's 100% healthy, which he appears to be coming into this game, he's going to play a big factor in that passing game. Maybe the Bucks' most reliable target. Don't let last year fool you. He has put up all conference numbers in the past, been honored in that way in the past. He's someone that if he is, again, in the game, healthy on the field, uh, will be able to bring a different dimension to the passing game didn't have last year. On the defensive side of the ball, this is the Bucks' best asset, that defensive side. All 11 that will be out there and the depth that they have, too. Like we mentioned, starters on both sides of the ball, every single one of them are back. And especially in the secondary, it is a stout group. At corners, you have Karan Delintz, who was a uh, 
conference freshman of the year in track. Uh, and he's a sprinter, obviously, as you can imagine, being conference freshman of the year and someone that would play the cornerback position. Elijah Huzzy saw his first game action last year, led the team in interceptions. Granted, there were only five of them, but he had three excellent ball skills at the other cornerback position. Uh, Mike Price is someone that transferred in and has already done great things in just a year of being here at one of the safety positions. And Tyree Robinson uh, led ETSU and the Southern Conference in interceptions in 2018 with six. He was an All-American that year. There are many that have been chronicled as saying he is the best defensive back that they've ever played alongside or played against. He is a game changer in the secondary. That back four is going to be ETSU strength. The front seven, there are a few questions. Linebacker is deep. Jared Folks, and a fun fact for you, he is the only person I've ever heard of to play college football for eight years. I saw that. That you know, is ridiculous. Yes. He was a eight redshirt years. freshman, uh, Billy, on that Temple team uh, from 2014. How, how is that possible? That's well, that's not I, I don't love that. Randy Sanders <laughs> actually did talk about that and broke it down. So he spent the four years at Temple. Then he comes in for a fifth year here, has a you know great season. Um, and then that sixth year, he ends up being injured. Right. And he had right. two injury years at Temple. So he was able to get a seventh year and then COVID happens. And then that's three <laughs> year. And here we are in eight, year number eight. So I've never heard of it, but he is experienced. He's a top level talent. There's a number of other linebackers that are next to him um, that are fantastic as well, including Blake Bockrith um, and middle linebacker Donovan Manuel. So there's a lot of different things in the linebacking core and secondary for opponents to worry about up front. That's where I believe that ETSU at the moment are a bit light. And so that's good news for the running game of Vanderbilt, which I know is looking for an improvement, but welcomed in a pretty stout, speaking of uh, Temple, transfer himself. Uh, I think it's Ramon Davis. Is that right? Mm. Yep. 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 Well, I thought we put Temple behind us. It's... Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> uh, I guess it, not. But, never uh, put it behind <laughs> but Mike, I, I do want to go to Vanderbilt now. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you've prepped for them. I'm not sure how much you have, but uh, they are in, in the SEC and with how much they struggled last season. There are some pieces on that offense, um, but in your prep, who were the players wearing the black and gold that stood out to you and could potentially cause problems for ETSU? Well, certainly Davis, you know, and that's someone that with all the lauds that he had coming into Vanderbilt, I think he was a PFF All-American in his freshman year, and we had a chance to watch a decent amount of tape on him. And goodness, if he can return to that form that he was in that freshman season, it's going to be a long day, not only for ETSU's uh, front three and four and seven, but for a lot of SEC teams as well. I think he's a real talent. I think it's interesting what Clark Lee is trying to do at Vanderbilt at the quarterback position. And you are much more um, in tune with this than I am, but I really like Ken Seals. Just looking at what he was able to do last year, I know he turned the ball over too much. 10 interceptions is a bit high if you're going to um, stay in every game. But mm -hmm. a true freshman quarterback, what, second in the nation amongst true freshmen in passing yards and, mm -hmm. and interceptions, if you're a true freshman, I don't really think is that crazy. And if you're the third starting quarterback as a true freshman to start an SEC opener in 50 years or whatever the crazy start is or the mm -hmm. crazy stat is, I think that's uh, a pretty low number, as a matter of fact. And to finish second in the nation in passing yards amongst true freshmen, I think there's a lot there. I'm interested to see the split between him and Mike Wright. Um I'm not sure that that would give me a tremendous amount of confidence in my position and that I would have a long leash with, you know, already three, 300 yard games under my belt, like Ken Seals does um, that dynamic between those two and those two and their dynamic 
with their new head coach, I think will be very interesting. So Seals, Davis, and then, I mean, you got a ton back at the wide receiver position. I think it's Pierce at like 6'4", yep. 235. That's terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying <laughs> for an FCS school that doesn't often have size that can compete with that and should be for pretty much anyone at the wide receiver position. I mean, that's like Megatron size. So um, that certainly is worrisome because if there's the connection there from Seals to Pierce, um, the battles on the outside will possibly decide this game. I think. Wow. That's uh that's as good of analysis from an ETSU perspective. Yeah. I think we could ever get, well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I do want to get lastly here, Mike, a prediction from you though, ETSU Vanderbilt coming up Saturday night, eight o'clock Eastern set the stage for you here. It's time for your prediction. Well, 77, nothing one way or another. You tell me which one is going to be. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I honestly oh, think man. it's going to be a close game. And I know sitting on that side of things and fans will listen to this that are Vanderbilt fans and say, what's an ETSU? You know, what are we really talking about here that is going to be able to keep this close with an SEC team? And I totally understand that, right? Like I've looked at the offensive line, specifically your left side and 315 and 335, like there's some big boys now, you know, we don't often see that at least consistently in the Southern Conference. So I don't think anyone's fooling themselves. The Bucs are going to be out-athleted. They're going to be outweighed. They're going to be hopefully not too badly out physical because I think physicality is something that they'll need to have more of this game. And granted it was in 2019 conditions were horrible, right? The weather was awful. Mm -hmm. The crowd was not into it. The few people that were there, both team seasons were decided at that point, there wasn't a ton to play for. This is the beginning of a new day, the beginning of a new year, the beginning of a chance for both of these teams to set sail on the right Mm. path for this season. And I think that ETSU truly believes that this can be a close game. They have a chance if they play their absolute best to win the game. And I believe the same. I think it's going to be two scores or less in this contest. Now there's a ton of things that could go the opposite way and make this a blowout. But my reasoning is ETSU, that camaraderie togetherness, familiarity with each other. Vanderbilt, Got a lot back, and there's people coming back from opt-outs. I don't think this team's going to be nearly as bad as they were last year at 0-9, but can they gel with the system? Can they gel with the coaches? Are they ready after this tight turnaround, as any coaching turnaround is, to come out and put into effect what they have learned in camp? That's the big question I think the Commodores need to answer. If the answer is no, I think there's going to be some nervous times in Vanderbilt City. There you have it. I know, Mike, you're probably scaring a few Vandy fans with that prediction. but uh, Or they're we'll laughing at me right now, Billy. I'm not sure. <laughs> and we'll have to see what happens. That is Mike Gallagher. He is the pregame host on the Buck Sports Network hour-and-a-half pregame show. He's also uh, the play-by-play broadcaster on their ESPN Plus coverage for home games uh, up there in Johnson City. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Good luck with your coverage this weekend. And uh, lastly, are you making the trip to Nashville? I'll be back here. We've got a men's soccer match. I have to be on for uh, about seven to nine Eastern time, but I'll be on the entire pregame show. Be back in here for the second half. So uh, if I come over for the second half and the Bucks are down three or four touchdowns, I'm instantly texting you and saying, delete that interview. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I was in the hull of a ship on the way to England and I must not have heard your question. I don't know. Oh man. Uh, Look for that text if that's how it's going. Hey Mike, have a good, have a good uh, call on the soccer game. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks Mike. Well, that does it for episode 103 of the door report. Big thanks to our special guest, Mike Gallagher. He covers ETSU for their pregame coverage, 90 minute pregame show on the Buck sports network. He also 
does their home football games on ESPN+. Plus. For myself, Billy Derrick, Will Byram, and Mike Gallagher, you've been listening to episode 103 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.